Hello everyone, this is Rico, and this is another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly, mostly weekly, uh, daily <laughs> dose of geeky goodness. I was going to say daily dose, that that wouldn't even make sense at all. Uh, today is, what day is today? Mid-November, November 15th. It is hunting season beginning for at least Michigan. I don't know, some states, other states might have the same date. Uh, I'm not a hunter, but whatever. Uh, it is November 15th, 2020. This is episode show number 794. Yeah, if timing works, looks like it's going to be show 800. Wow, these will be at the end of um, December. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I... Um, Took last week off. It was my birthday. There was this election thing going on, too, which created a lot of hubbub. And that's about as much as I'm going to say about it. And um, although I'm kind of happy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so today's show. But, but on to today's show. So it's been a couple of weeks, and then I did kind of a short Halloween show. Uh, but the main topic for today this is another situation where I, I thought I've, I think I, in some ways I've covered this, but maybe I haven't, I don't think I've ever dedicated a show. So way back in the day, for some people may not even be aware of this, but there was a, this thing called Saturday morning cartoons. You know, kids, you would, even older, older, even when you weren't kids anymore, you get up on Saturday morning, get a bowl of cereal and sit down in front of the TV and watch, um, watch cartoons. Nobody does that anymore, right? It's now you go to Netflix or you go to whatever, you know, it's, um, but what I want to point out is a few shows that are from distant, the distant past for the most part that I enjoyed when they were airing and you could still watch on streaming services now or pick up DVDs in some cases, Blu-ray. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to do that. Uh, that is going to be the main topic. Um, I miss those days, miss, miss those times of getting up I can even remember getting up when I was going to school, like grade schools and things, and getting up, there would there would be cartoons on, or I'd watch cartoons in the morning before I went to school, and then, and then, uh, yeah. So, all right, that is the main topic. Talk about some other things. Talk about what I've been watching lately, what's going on with Trek and The Mandalorian. Uh, it'll be, try to keep it fairly spoiler-free, but I'm going to talk briefly, real briefly, about the recent shows of those. So if you're not caught up, uh, I'll, I'll give you a warning when I get to that point. But I, again, I'm going to keep it pretty spoiler free, if not completely. So that will be it. Uh, again, uh, show 794 for November 15th. And let's do this thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Okay, as I usually do, welcome again to the show, everyone. This is Trex and Sci-Fi. If you're fairly new, we I talk about um, yeah, mostly each week. Sometimes there's guest hosts. Sometimes I'll skip a week, but it's it's pretty weekly. Has been for a long time since 2005. Uh, and yeah, 
I know. All right. So, um, but if you're if you're fairly new, we talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, um, other sci-fi and fantasy. I, I have a very wide range of things that I like, and 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 comic books, movies, uh, and uh, and just models and props and collectibles, all kinds of goodies and fun geeky stuff that I've tried. You know for the last six, seven, eight, nine months, you know, while this whole COVID thing has been going on, been trying to stay kind of normal as much as I am normal. I don't know if is anyone really normal, but uh, point is, is that this kind of stuff gives me, you know, a lot of uh, pleasure and it's, it's sort of my happy space. And it, it is something that, uh, you know, I've tried to, you know, share that with people on the podcast. By the way, if you want to support the podcast, that's over at patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi, you know, a dollar, two, three a month, whatever you'd like to do to support the the show that's appreciated. Again, a big thanks to those that have done it for for a very long time, very dedicated people. and, And I do appreciate that. I know there isn't a huge amount of extra things I've been able to put up there. No convention, you know, previews or anything because there's no conventions or anything like that. But we are, I think I have it scheduled. I'll check the schedule. I'll go over the upcoming podcast schedule um, at the end of today's show. But I think it's going to be next weekend. I think I'm going to have another Patreon uh, supporter Skype show where we're going to talk about, you know, what people have been doing, what they've been watching, what's going on with their lives, and what's um, what's some things that they've liked and maybe some recommendations they have that everyone else can maybe check out. I feel like I'm, you know, losing my breath here. It's 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 kind of like no no I don't have COVID. No, it's just the it's just an early Sunday morning. I haven't podcasted in in a few weeks. So again, it's the usual getting myself going and and started here. I try to do this pretty early because it takes a bit of time. People, I've mentioned it before a few times on the podcast, but there are a lot of ways to do podcasting. You know, back in the day, it was it was more complex. There are simpler tools and simpler ways. I have sort of a, a method that I do, but it still takes some time. You know, I have to record the show, edit edit it a bit. I don't do a lot of heavy editing. Um, and then do a lot of um, putting up and on different ways, you know, both on Facebook and uploading the show. But anyway, point point is, I usually start on Sundays, typically like around nine or ten. It's almost ten now, although I was kind of lazy and didn't get up till about eight today. But the point is, is even the even though I'm starting fairly early. Probably would be till early afternoon until I have all that done. Probably about a four-hour process overall. Maybe not four. Maybe three, three and a half total, counting all of that each week. And and it can it can vary. It depends on how complicated the show is. Today's a fairly normal, straightforward show. If I'm doing a show like a video show, is is obviously takes much more time. That'll take almost like a day to deal to do that. Um, maybe a little less. But it's, yeah, so it is time, you know, there is a lot of time each week that, that you know, is put into this and other things on the website, the Facebook group and so on. So there's a little behind the scenes for you. All right. So what has been on over the last few weeks that I've watched and, and enjoyed? Um, there's, 
not a huge amount of stuff that I, I mean, there's regular shows. I'm streaming things. I'm watching that. I think I've been mentioning for a while show like the right stuff, uh, that is on Disney plus got to make sure I know which network these things are on Disney plus right stuff. I think that was, I think I watched this week. Uh, they had episode or uh, I usually watch it on Friday. It comes out on Friday. I watched it last night instead. Friday got a little busy, but the, um, what was it? Oh yeah. So that show is about the early days of space program. There was obviously a book by Tom Wolf and a movie, a very good movie that was done back in the day. And now they've got a new TV series, which is really great. I, I I'm really, really captivated by that era and time and in in the performances and, and it's just a super solid good show to watch it, it, you know i know it's dramatized drama you know it's it's <laughs> it's done more dramatically it's dramatized for television to some degree but i mean it's fairly factual certainly more factual than about 95% of the internet these days but oh look what i did there the but it's a great show, great cast. So I highly recommend that anybody who has any passing interest in the space program in the early days should check it out. Especially if you're somebody who either has read the book or enjoyed the movie or both. Um, I think you'd enjoy it. And and I think most people listening to this podcast are probably people that would be interested in this show. So there. By the way, there is a SpaceX launch uh, happening with. Um, was it like five or six crew members happening uh, late today? For some reason, I thought they were launching last night, but they're launching tonight. Um, at least t- tonight, my time. It's I think it's around a seven thirty, uh, approximately launch. You just search for SpaceX, you'll find out. But probably by the time you listen to this, it'll have happened. Hopefully, good good success to them. The uh, other few shows that I'm watching, I, I'm I'm getting back to. Um, the uh what is that the the gods and omens or what what is that show called the the one with david Tennant? <laughs> oh that's terrible i'm blanking out i started to watch it uh, the neil gaiman thing um good omens i think it's good omens not god omens yeah you're god and omens good omens um with michael uh, what's how do you say that guy is it sheen i think michael michael um and anyway the that's a great show. I mean, I, it's really interesting. And David Tennant is is, is a blast to watch. But I, I had watched the first episode of it, uh, and it's on uh, Amazon Prime. And it's it just it didn't really grab me at first. I think now I'm in on episode four. It's it's a short season. I think it's is it just six episodes, seven, eight, something like that. I think it's six. It's super short. But uh, I, I'm I'm finally trying to go back to that. Um, there's another new show uh, called Truth Seekers uh, that's kind of fun uh, with Nick. The guy's name is Nick Frost, right? That uh, he plays. He does a lot of stuff with Simon Pegg. Um, that that's yeah. Uh, it's okay. I, it's not super amazing or anything. I mean, I've watched like three episodes, I think, of that one. Uh, on Netflix, I'm watching, uh, that also, the true secret thing is on Amazon prime Netflix. I'm watching Sabrina still, uh, probably only about an episode or two a week. I mean, it's a good show. It's, it's fine, but the, um, it's just, I've got other stuff going on. So I, that's a, that's my rate of, of watch. <laughs> it's my rate of watch of most shows. 
I seldom will watch even a show that's already all out uh, more than an episode or sometimes maybe two a week. Uh, so I'm almost done with the what they call them. They're calling them parts for some reason on Sabrina. So I'm almost done with part one. Uh, there's part two and three on there with have a little shorter number of episodes, eight and I think eight, and nine episodes or so. I think part one was 11. And then there's doing, I guess, a part four that's going to come out. Uh, it's a good show. I, I kind of feel like it's 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 not quite what I expected uh, at first. I don't know how it's going to change over time. Uh, the there's. There's not that much, truthfully, not a huge amount of magic going on. Um, and, and I kind of frankly miss like the old uh, that old Sabrina comedy type show. I kind of miss Salem talking, uh, even if it would they did it differently, like, you know, not with this little stuffed puppet, but, um, you know, maybe telepathically with Sabrina or something like that. I, I don't know. Maybe that'll happen at some point. But um, but it is still fun to watch. And I, and I do like that that world, that character, you know, the Archie world, Sabrina, um, I watch Riverdale. So yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Um, there's a blood of Zeus show. It's an animated thing on Netflix. I'm watching that. And there's a new kind of animated, uh, world war two drama called, I think it's called the liberator, which is a weird name for it. I, I you know, but I've watched just the first episode of that. Not really sci-fi, although it's got this weird animation style that reminds me of that first old animated rotoscoped uh, Ralph Bakshi uh, Lord of the Rings movie a bit um, because it's it's filmed people, but then they make them, then they put some kind of processing through a computer and sort of animate it uh, to, to a degree. So it's it's pretty good. I, I, I like it so far. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for World War II stuff, you know, to watch those movies and, and TV shows. All right, what else? Um, I guess the biggies, you know, are right now are The Mandalorian and, and Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Season 2 of Mandalorian and Season 3 of Discovery. Uh, I guess at this point, here's, you know, there shouldn't be any spoilers ahead, but if you aren't caught up on episodes, you know, depends how how much this bothers you. But I'll probably talk for a minute or two here about those two shows. First off, Discovery. I think we just had episode five. The last couple of episodes to me have been fantastic. I mean, I'm really liking this season. Spoiler alert here. You know, they're they've been, you know, through circumstances that happened at the end of season two. They're in the distant future now, about a thousand years out. And things are quite different. Uh, they're very fish, very much fish out of water, uh, or a fish out of water, and they're trying to deal with that and, and learning where the sort of the status of the Federation. But the the last couple of episodes, you know, second to the last, they visited Trill. That's in the previews, so it's not much of a spoiler. And that that episode, I think frankly, for me, is one of the best that they've done. I, I really like that one a lot for a lot of reasons. And the the new character is interesting that they've introduced for, you know, related around that. I'm trying to dance around. Uh, again, I think most people listening at this point probably have watched. And then this most recent episode was super cool, too. They've learned a little bit more about the status of the Federation and Starfleet. And yeah, so I, I'm 
I don't know if I can say it. I mean, I, I really kind of liked I wasn't really that big of a fan. This is sort of weird because most people seem to have liked season two better than season one. But I kind of like season one almost better than season two. But I think now I'm liking season three better than in than one or two. I, I like the fact that they're kind of getting back to a little bit more kind of like Star Trek tends to be, you know, exploring strange new worlds. There is they're trying to learn some things, but there isn't this end of the universe kind of situation going on, you know, or a big war or whatever, you know, a big war thing they had in, in season one. And, and some other crazy things were going on there in season two. Season two, just to me, got a little too much techno babble, frankly. Um, even though I'm a science guy and I like technology and all that, but I I have found that even even as a longtime Star Trek fan, I still, you know, have questions about some of what happened in that season that that has even bled over into the season two, or not, sorry, into season three. Uh, so yeah, but, um, but I love season three so far. I think it's really interesting. I like, there's much more character stuff going on with the other part parts, the other people in the crew, which is, which is great. I, I, I highly, highly, uh, you know, like that highly, highly like that doesn't seem to really be a good way to say that, but I mean, I really appreciate that and like it. Everyone was kind of calling discovery the Burnham show and it is kind of a bit that, and it still is, but they're introducing a lot more stuff with the other people in the crew, giving them some stuff to do, some more uh, dialogue, and and kind of treating them as like more than just sort of window dressing and and that. And even the original Star Trek, which is always going to be my my Star Trek, my favorite, that f- mostly focused on the primary, you know, three characters: Kirk, Spock, McCoy. A little bit with the others, but very rarely. Uh, and so, but that's not what television is these days. Television these days, you with an ensemble type show. I remember I'll go, I'll go way back to the eighties, even for this when things like Hill Street Blues was were you know was was airing. That started a trend where you'd have a very large cast of like seven, eight people or more, and you would. They would all get stuff to do. Not always every episode, of course, but you would learn over the seasons, you know, more about the characters and and everything. I mean, even modern shows like uh, comedies like Modern Family, you know, there's 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 not a lot of shows out there that only focus on a couple of people. It, It just doesn't sustain itself. You know, I'm thinking of some of the big, big shows, although. Breaking Bad, I think, focused on on uh, a, a main couple of few people, a fairly but in a, in a fantastic show. But then you've got something, you know, also like Mad Men, which was a big cast, but it's still focused on a, you know, it was mostly about the main character, Don Draper, and, and everything. But but you guys get my point. I mean, I, I think the, the you know the modern way to do television is, is if you're having a larger cast is to give them stuff. And I think Discovery has sort of faltered a little bit. If, if it's got one problem or has had one problem over the last couple of seasons, I feel that while they, I, I, I get why, and, and it had to do a lot with the story and the plot, and you kind of have to, you can't just shoehorn in things, but the, you know, a, a show like a, a Deep Space Nine has always been 
considered, you know, one of the best utilizations of the entire cast. And I, I, I highly agree with that. I think Voyager actually did a pretty good job there, too. Next Generation actually eventually got there, but took a long time. You know, it was very formatted like the original series quite a bit in the early days for a lot of reasons. But and there's pluses and minuses for doing all these kinds of things and these kinds of shows. But once you start getting into, you know, in season three, they're starting to film season four uh, was announced. Discovery is that that it's it's time to do, you know, things with other other uh, characters and that. OK, I, I blathered. It's almost 20 minutes in. Geez. All right. I got to talk about those Saturday morning cartoons. That's the main topic. So I'm going to go real quickly about one minute on The Mandalorian here and, and no spoilers, but we've only had three episodes. There's only going to be eight. Um, I'm liking it. I, I, I like the first episode quite a bit. Second episode, not as much. Uh, but the third episode, there's a there's a lot of stuff that happens, and I'm not going to say much about it, except I love the third episode. And for those who who followed the podcast and know me, will will understand that. And it isn't just for the very main obvious reason when you watch it, but it moves the story along, and uh, it also is blending some other Star Wars things into uh, the whole mythos and into the Mandalorian show itself. And I and I. And I really love it when they do that kind of thing. Uh, they've not really done that a lot. Uh, Star Wars has been very independent, you know, when you think about it. They've had animated shows. They've had the movies, of course. But they've been kept kind of separate. And and uh, and this, of course, being the first live-action show for Star Wars TV show, uh, now they're, they're, they're able to do stuff that they haven't really been able to do before. Which is was always my hope with that announced, you know, years back when it was announced that George Lucas was going to do a live action uh, Star Wars series. I've I've always felt like you know Star Wars is great, the movies are great, but a TV show would allow them to do a lot more than they could ever do in in a movie that you only get every few years, right? So obviously, okay. So enough about that stuff. I am going to take a short break. I will come back get. I'm going to get a drink here and get some tea in me. And let's come back and talk about Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, If you guys are like me, you know, you kind of miss those times and days. But then again, you know, you can just pop out your iPad or or hop down or sit, hop down, sit down in front of your TV, pop open Netflix or, or one of the other streaming services and watch a lot of this stuff. And so, let us uh, delve into the past and talk about cartoons uh, here in a moment on Treks in Sci-Fi. Our host, Rico, will be right back with more sci-fi goodness on Treks in Sci-Fi. All right, so Saturday morning shows. I, I should have actually, i, I got to retitle this. It, it's, the, um, it's more Saturday morning shows because back, back in time, back in the day, there were, there were a couple... Um, couple that well there are obviously mainly two different ways that they were doing this there was there was quite a actually quite a lot of live action saturday morning uh, more kid type oriented shows uh things like jason of star command uh, it, you know that's if for those familiar with that one but so i'm going to talk about those along with the some animated stuff too some of this stuff can still be found uh, I'll, I'll probably try to let you know with some of it uh, where you can find it. it. It's it's nice where we're living in a in a golden era of not only having 
a ton of new shows and new content appearing like minute by minute. Practically, Netflix is like, hey, here's another show. Here's another show. Here's a movie for you. Whatever. Hey, hey, have you spun around three times? Here's something else for you to watch. But there's also a lot of opportunities to watch older stuff like this uh, more easily with streaming services. And a lot of them are available on, on DVDs or Blu-ray. But um, yeah, so let us just dive in here. Uh, the first one that I wanted to make mention of basically most of the Marvel stuff, there's a few that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, these things I think are for the most part available on Disney plus streaming. I, you can buy, I think DVDs for this stuff too. Although some of it, not so easily. It, it's funny how some of this is, is has been kind of harder to come by, uh, which is sort of weird. I mean, the, what I, you know, books are the same way. DVDs are the same way. What I think, and I don't know all the details of this, and that's not what this podcast is going to be about, but <clears throat> I think, though, when when a DVD is produced or even a Blu-ray, I think there's a period of production time where, like, eventually those things aren't really made anymore. Like, it, let's say today a new DVD set comes out of some show from the past. So it's not, you know, not like they're going to make a ton of them. They, they might not think it's going to be as popular as the latest big movie or whatever uh, so eventually in a year two three four five um those things are they're they go out of print they're they're not actually being produced anymore i'll give an example the other day that i um i ran across this on facebook there's an old television show a sci-fi kind of spoof comedy thing that was on in the i think it was in the late 70s i don't remember the exact year um, maybe early eighties, but I think something, something in there, there was a show called Quark. Yeah. Not Quark from deep space nine, but, uh, it was about a, a ship that, that was like an intergalactic, you know, garbage scow collector of, of trash out there in the, in the, in space, cute little show, fun little show only lasted like half of a season. I think like a very short number of episodes, like 12 or 13, I think. But anyway, they, they put out a DVD set a few quite a few years back, and I, I think it's out of print now. So you, if you want it, you'll have to find somebody like bootleg copies or people that are selling their copy. They're, they're set on, on, uh, on eBay, you know, sometimes for more money uh, because it, it's in demand, right? It's not being made anymore. So I don't know why I got into this segue. I guess because some of these shows, again, there was a period of time with a lot of these shows. You couldn't find them easily. You know, Disney Plus has only been around for, what, a year? A little more than a year, right? Um, and, and some of these shows were very hard to find. I, I have, it's funny, I've been throwing out old video VHS tapes. I've converted some things over to DVD, mostly home movies of, of our boys and things like that. But I recorded off on VHS a lot of these shows, and I have them. Like another one I'm going to mention in a bit in a few minutes here is the X-Men animated show, which is a great show. Um, but I, I recorded a lot of those episodes on, on VHS tape. Same thing with Star Trek and TNG and everything. But now I've, I'm able to kind of get rid of that junk because, for one, VHS tapes do not last forever. Magnetic tape is not a great medium. Even, even DVDs, Blu-rays, compact discs, that technology... Uh, is not a it's not by any means it's better than tape 
Um, but it's not also not a forever technology. Eventually, those things, there's dyes and stuff that are used in those that the lasers, um, uh, you know, create the disc is what, you know, let's just put it that way anyway. So the the point is, is that it's great that these things aren't streaming. I mean, I, I do have a lot of media, physical media that I keep and have collected. But that's also somewhat, you know, never, not forever. So uh, I don't know what's forever. Nothing's truthfully forever. Okay, enough jibber-jabber, Rico. It's it's uh, almost a half hour into this podcast. Let's talk about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends is, is a fun show. It lasted for three seasons, only 24 episodes. Uh, but it was kind of cool and fun and unique because it's, it just um, it 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 was um, it was originally broadcast on NBC as a Saturday morning cartoon from 81, 1981 to eighty three. Um, then they also aired repeats of this from eighty four to eighty six. Um, it was also alongside the Spider Man animated series, which is, which is a great show as well that started in eighty one. Um, but um, this we we basically have a show about Spider Man and a couple of X Men. Iceman and um, Firestar. So, uh, so this this is a nice little combo thing. And uh, let's play the intro to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. His amazing friends. So yeah, that was a fun show. Cool little intro there uh, of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Let's see a little bit more about this. They had a lot of guests uh, that showed up on on the show. Um, other Marvel characters, Captain America, Daredevil, Hulk, Iron Man. Um, uh, Firestar was actually created for this show specifically. They were going to use the Human Torch. Couldn't do that due to character rights and things. Um the actors that played these, let's see, Dan Gilvezan was Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Iceman Bobby Drake was Frank Welker, and uh, let's see, uh, Angelica Jones or Firestar was Kathy Garver. Firestar eventually would end up in, in showing up uh, in, in the X-Men comics, uh, you know, eventually, and but she her or origin, I guess it, you know, for here's a good trivia question is this was her first thing. So I'm going to kind of jump around. There's, as I've said on a lot of shows like this, when I do sort of a kind of a give you an overview of stuff, I'm going to jump around a bit. I probably should have started more in the older shows that I wanted to cover, but for some reason I wanted to start with Spider-Man. There's been a lot of Spider-Man television shows. There's the classic sixties one. There's this one. There's a Spider-Man animated series, a few of them, into the 90s, 80s, 90s. 
Uh, they've even had some more recent ones. A lot of Spider-Man animated shows over the years, which is cool. Uh, but um, let's give uh, DC a little bit. We have the classic, of course, Batman, the animated series. But one uh, sort of, I guess, I don't want to call it exactly a spinoff from that. Maybe it is, kind of. But I remember this one um, because this one, I think for a while, maybe the whole run of it, I think was only appearing, was showing up on Saturdays. So I'm trying to focus this show again on, on things that were running on Saturday. The the Batman show was through syndication when it was first running. And I think, um, I don't think it ever really was considered a Saturday morning show. But here is uh, the Superman animated series theme song. This series, give you a little quickie bit on this one. This aired um, on uh, from 96 to 2000. Looks like the original network. It was the Kids WB, Warner's Brothers, three seasons, 54 episodes. I think this, to me, this Superman animated series is one of the best. And this is also sort of a bit of a spinoff of the Justice League shows, the Justice League TV shows, the animated ones. Um, there's only been animated, uh, yeah, there's been Justice League movie, and, you know, we got the Snyder Cut coming, uh, HBO Max, woo, you know, whatever. Uh, but the, the, the Batman animated adventures, there was the new Batman animated adventures, the new Batman Superman adventures, so much confusion on titling and, and, and all this. I almost wish they would have just... <laughs> I know they want to put the character names in these titles and stuff, but why don't we just have the DC Universe animated show, right? And and then just like, okay, this week it's Justice League, and maybe this week it's just Batman, and maybe this week it's about the Flash or Green Lantern or something. Uh, but anyway, here is the... I, I love this theme, so I always like to play it. I've done it a few times, I think. Here is... Uh, the thing I like about this animated series theme is it, it's... It has a very Superman feel to it, but it isn't the John Williams typical, even though the John Williams animated, you know, not animated, what am I saying? The John Williams Superman music is is iconic now and classic, and I play it probably every week at least. Uh, it gets me pumped up, you know, believing in, you know, a better tomorrow. <laughs> but the the Superman animated theme song is, is solid and, and really good too. So listen to this. I'll be back in a, about a minute after this. Yeah, that's that theme is just great. Fantastic music there. I'm trying to see if it says somewhere here on uh, 
the Wikipedia entry for this music. Here we go. Music for Superman animated series music. Let's see. Shirley Walker was in charge of the series music. Walker wrote the series theme and composed various themes for different characters. Okay, there we go. Well, Shirley, it, it's fantastic. I, uh, it looks like uh, La La Land Records has some of the music out, too. I don't know if that's still available, but looks like they put out a uh, four-disc set. Gosh, I'm going to have to look into that because I, I do love that music. Um, they put out a four-disc set on the Wikipedia page. All of the tracks are uh, are listed. All right, I'm going to take a pause on this because I really want to know if this is still available. Hang on one second. Yeah, of course, it's too late, but uh, it looks like there's um Yeah, it's out of print. That's uh, not on La La Land's site anymore. But the there are a couple of copies people are selling used ones, it looks like, on... Uh, online for like about a hundred dollars for this four cd set i don't know if i want to go that high but uh, anyway that is a great uh, show it is a great um music set i don't know if i told you too much i think i i guess did i or not it, anyway the yeah the show lasted three seasons 54 episodes great series great superman stuff um if you're a fan there all right so I've talked before about Justice League animated show. That's great. Batman animated series. So let's go back, though, more in time now to there was a period of time uh, on Saturday mornings during the 70s, basically, I think uh, that uh, and this will date me a bit, <laughs> but hey, no shocker there. Anyway, the mid 70s, there was this surge of um, these live action shows. What I'm talking about are, are, like I mentioned earlier, Jason of Star Command that, uh, you know, James Doohan ended up on that show. And yeah, so I'm not going to talk too much about that one for whatever reason. That one never really actually, which is weird to me. It never really, as a kid, it never really like thrilled me for some reason or got to me. I, I, I guess because I think it always threw me that Jonathan Harris, um, Dr. Smith from Lost in Space was on there as kind of a better good character and it also James Doohan being on there too. It's sort of weird to me, but a couple of shows that, that stuck in my mind and, and I did enjoy, I enjoy Jason star command, but these uh, that I wanted to point out to you, especially with the surge of um, superheroes and superhero movies and, and, and on television and everything over the last several years for at least the last decade or more, uh, there were some of these sh characters ended up on Saturday morning live action shows. You know, think about this. You know, you have these CW shows like The Flash and, and Green Arrow or Arrow, which is ended now. But in Supergirl, DC Legends of Tomorrow. But way back in the mid 70s, they had Shazam. They had Shazam on and a TV series that lasted for three seasons for 20 total episodes on Saturday mornings. Uh, with with Billy Batson and, and uh, you know, playing this, this he wasn't as much of a kid on this show. I think the actor was probably like 20 or whatever who was playing playing him. So it was quite a bit different than the real origin where he's like this kid in school and, and so on. They, they aged him up a bit. Not really quite sure why. Uh, maybe maybe it was just easier to get an adult. And, and to film this kind of stuff. But they did have two different actors for 
when he was the Shazam character, Captain Marvel, uh, versus Billy Batson. So, uh, but I want to, let's see, looks like it's about an, a minute long. Good old classic theme, theme, you know, t- television shows, oh, you know, for so long had a, a minute was about typical for their opening credit themes. So here is the one to Shazam for the Shazam Saturday show, live action show that was, let's see, it aired from 74 to 76. And there were also, there was another show that was part of this sort of group that I'm going to talk about right after this one. But here is the intro, intro uh, theme thing to Shazam. Chosen from among all others by the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, Billy Batson and his mentor travel the highways and byways of the land on a never-ending mission to right wrongs, to develop understanding, and to seek justice for all. In time of dire need, young Billy has been granted the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. transforms him in a flash into the mightiest of mortal beings, Captain Marvel. All right, so Shazam, yeah, this this is <laughs> this show it's pretty corny and it's not great i'll admit it it's sort of goofy fun most of these live action shows from this era are are like that they're but they're so innocent in a way you know it's like everything these days has become kind of you know the kind of grim and too real and uh it's hard to i'll admit it's hard in in the modern era in the year 2020 to watch this stuff but as a as, as again, a kid growing up watching it, it, you know, without without having everything that we have now in terms of streaming services and all the content, you know, th- this was just like, you know, for, again, somebody growing up reading comics, you know, to, to have this stuff was was great. And, and the funny thing about it is, though, for me, at least personally, I, and I've said this before, in, in in the early days of me reading comics, I, I was very Marvel. I mean, I, I was I was like I only read Marvel stuff. I only read Marvel. I breathed Marvel. You know, the X Men, Spider Man, uh, Iron Man, the Hulk, the Avengers. Those were my heroes, my characters. It, it took a long time. Really, probably the the tipping point to me was the '89 Batman movie with Michael Keaton. When I really started to read um, Batman and really started to read some other DC books, and now I read a ton of DC, I probably read more DC comics these days than Marvel. Just I think Marvel's comics. I won't get into a whole comic discussion, but I'm not. I've not been as is enamored or as thrilled with some of the stuff. I, I read Avengers, Spider Man, X Men. Those are the mains. Uh, I'll, I'll, Daredevil is is pretty good too. But anyway. Um, but yeah, so I but they had the Shazam series, which is a DC Comics character. Interesting thing here that you'll notice if you if you ever even if you watch the trailer at the end of it, for those who know the Star Trek animated series, the uh, exec, executive producers for that show and this show are the same Norm Prescott, Lou Schemer. Uh, so there's a lot of connection t- to Trek here, and it was in that same time frame. 
This was a little after the Star Trek um, animated series. This was from 74 to 76, and then I think the animated Star Trek series started in 73. It was on basically from like 73 to 74. So, um, But this is part of their Saturday morning lineup. They had something called the Shazam Isis Hour. And the other show, which I'm going to play the theme, I think, for that in a minute, was The Secrets of Isis, which is about an ancient Egyptian superheroine, which really had no... I had no history with that character. I don't even know. I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia entry here, but I don't even know if that was based on a comic book character or if it was sort of completely invented. I'll tell you in a minute when I after I play the, the opening. But the, they, they flip-flop between these, these shows on Saturday mornings. Uh, that... That was a unique, interesting idea and concept that, you know, there are some other Saturday morning uh, cartoon slash either cartoon or live action things that that also did that. And, and I don't think any normal like evening network show, I don't think they've ever had that where they would bounce like have one week a show on. Maybe I'm missing something. I feel like there was something, maybe even something in the sci-fi realm where they've well i guess hercules and xena i was thinking about but those were never on like it's not like i mean they did have them airing like overlapping with each other just like tng overlapped with deep space nine for what was it two couple seasons was it only something like that but you know what i'm saying that it wasn't like okay here's the here's the broadcast time slot or whatever and one week you show this show and then the next week you show the other show and you flip-flop between them I don't think any that's a concept that doesn't really doesn't really happen anymore ever. I don't think um, maybe there are some Nickelodeon shows that maybe have done that. I don't know. There probably is. I mean, I don't know all this stuff. Of course, uh, no one does. Maybe the Internet does. But even that, who knows? Uh, but all right. So let us uh, with all that talk, uh, let us play now the secrets of ISIS with uh, Joanna Cameron. Yes, in her white little short dress, playing, <laughs> being a, being a superhero kind of character, and yeah. So this one, I don't think this one was actually, frankly, quite as successful as Shazam. Um, I gotta mention too, by the way, that the character, the characters, the actors, uh, Michael Gray was Billy Batson, uh, Les Tremaine was his mentor on Shazam, uh, Jason Bostwick was the big um, Shazam Captain Marvel character. Uh, I've always thought that the old George Reeves Superman show from the 50s, if you see how Captain Marvel, they they made him look like when he was flying in the Shazam show, it always reminded me a lot of, and it was about a 20-year difference in time, but it was about the way they make uh, uh, the Shazam Captain Marvel character fly, like really pretty hokey looking with his arms stretched out. And and it just, yeah, I mean, they do what they need to do or do what they could do with the money that they had and, and the care and the, the um, ability to do special effects in those days. But the other thing that I wanted to mention that I was going to mention very earlier even was the Shazam show. The thing that it reminded me of, and they, it was kind of airing around the same time. I have to look it up really quick, but I think it, you know, it was basically around the same time, but the Shazam show always reminded me of the old Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk series because Bill Bixby, you know, once he got exposed to the gamma rays and hulked out into Lou Ferrigno every week or two two or three times each episode, the the concept or the format of the show was 
was he would he would end up in a new town, right? He was always on the run, kind of. Uh, I'm talking about Bill Bixby's, you know, um, David Banner, not Bruce Banner, David Banner. Ugh, don't don't get me going on that one. But he would he would end up running into people that needed help or trouble, and that was the way the Shazam show did it. <laughs> they even had a RV. They would travel in this RV. Uh, the mentor and Billy would travel in this RV, and they'd end up in some place that. Somebody would need some help, and Billy would Shazam, you know, say Shazam, and and that. someday I got to sit down. I I'll I'll admit I haven't watched most of these shows in, in any recent time, but and I'm not sure. I'll, I'll look up while I'm playing the ISIS theme. I'll look up to see. I think these are avail- available on DVD. I know they've had them out on DVD. Uh, we'll see if they're still available. But uh, all right, here is the Secrets of ISIS Saturday morning uh, themed music intro thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my queen, said the royal sorcerer to Hatshepsut, with this amulet, you and your descendants are endowed by the goddess Isis with the powers of the animals and the elements. You will soar as the falcon soars, run with the speed of gazelles, and command the elements of sky and earth. 3,000 years later, a young science teacher dug up this lost treasure and found she was heir to the secrets of Isis. And so, unknown to even her closest friends, Rick Mason and Rennie Carroll, she became a dual person. Andrea Thomas, teacher. Almighty Isis. And Isis, dedicated foe of evil, defender of the weak, champion of truth and justice. All right, yeah, there you go for The Secrets of Isis uh, with Joanna Cameron uh, for the title role. Um, uh, people describe she has this little white outfit. That, they call it her little white tennis outfit, very 70s Isis thing. Uh, also another Norm Prescott, Lou Shimmer uh, production show. I, I really goofed up earlier when I went into the long thing about flip-flopping you know these shows each week type of thing that's not what they did although i swear this is how it was broadcast at one point in time with the what they did is it was an hour long time slot and a half hour of it would be shazam and a half hour would be the secrets of isis but again i i i really thought at some point maybe it was in syndication or later reruns or something that that they had only a half hour slot and they would flip-flop the show doesn't really matter that much anyway the uh let's see uh, captain marvel i'm trying to read uh likewise joanna cameron appeared as isis on shazam in return since then dc comics has adopted the character of isis into their mainstream continuity for modern comics so it does appear that isis was created just for the tv show and um it was you know that they it was originally broadcast actually they're they're saying as is just isis then um then it was later changed to the secrets of isis in syndication uh it started in september of 75 here is that what it says yeah and until october 76 two seasons uh and so i think this was added to i'm trying to timeline this thing out shazam yeah it looks like a year shazam was on a year one season then they added Secrets of Isis for two, the last two seasons. There was even a crossover episode, too, which is kind of fun. 
uh, that I saw a little bit of that on YouTube. You can watch some of this stuff on there. The um, Isis is is a, a pretty powerful character. You know, she has the, more or less the the power of the Egyptian gods and stuff. She can fly. She can see into the past. She can she can have all these animal type related powers. The other thing about both of these shows is there's a lot of um, uh, actors in from that time frame uh, that guested on these things that you'll see. So uh, that that's kind of fun. Some characters and actors and not characters, but actors that you even uh, that would have been on the original Battlestar Galactica because this is kind of in that era, and and so on and uh, yeah. So uh, and, and I, I can tell you a lot of little boys had a little crush on ISIS, you know, uh, back in the day. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and I was gonna look. Let me take a quick break here. Not a, not a, not a real break, but a, just a pause. Hang on one second. Yeah, I just I wanted to take quickly check um, Amazon. I wanted to see if these shows were available. So yeah, the the Shazam series is available on DVD and Blu-ray. Amazingly, on Blu-ray, it's really weird how the, this stuff happens or what they do. Unfortunately, it looks like Secrets of Isis was only put out on DVD like over ten years ago, like in the like around two thousand and seven. Looks like it's out of print or, you know, they're not in stock anymore. You can find them in the aftermarket. You know, it looks like people are charging like over 100 bucks for the DVD set of Isis. So, yeah, the girl's more popular, of course. So plus it's out of print. But the uh, yeah, so these these were fun shows. Let me move on to a, a, a real to me, a real classic and, and probably um, one I've definitely I've mentioned a few times before. But I wanted to mention again here as well, by the way, um, kind of related a little bit. But I noticed when I was doing some searching on Amazon for these things, the um, that Linda Carter Wonder Woman series, they just put out a Blu-ray set of that. Uh, not a Saturday morning show, uh, but, uh, you know, kind of connected to this kind of talk. And uh, yeah, so that's out on Blu-ray even. I know they were uh, they were on DVD and now there's a Blu-ray set of that. So. Okay, 55 minutes or so into the podcast. Let's do a couple more things here. The the uh, One of the big ones that I wanted to talk about, and I'll play the uh, opening theme to it for you, is the old Dungeons & Dragons uh, cartoon show. This was definitely a Saturday morning show, uh, animated show. Uh, this, this was on for three seasons, a total of only 27 episodes over three seasons. I think it was basically like, a lot of episodes uh, here here here's how it breaks down yeah so season 1 is from in 1983 of the dungeons and dragons cartoon 1983 it had 13 episodes season 1 for season uh, 2 it only had let's see 14 episode 14 to uh, 21 so what is that 3 6 8 episodes so 13 episodes season 1 8 episodes and then season 3 only had like six episodes so um the yeah anyway this is a great show uh the animations maybe not you know under modern times is a little a little clunky uh but um i love this show because you know for one it was classic cartoon type saturday morning stuff but also i'm a big D D player from back in the day i don't really have a chance to play it much anymore especially yeah, covid you know, uh, not that that's an excuse. I used to play with a group pretty regularly for a long time. 
and I just drifted kind of away and from playing with them. And then, but anyway, so, but I know D and D. I I I started to play D and D way back when it was first around, really. And so, so when they, you know, there's a D and D cartoon. I was like, oh my gosh. The weird thing about it is, even though I love this cartoon and I, and I, and I, it holds a, you know, nice little close spot to my heart about it. It really is not at all connected to the to the game. It, it, it's very, very different than the game. It doesn't really, it's got its own little storyline going. The character classes aren't really, don't really line up very well with the, the game in this time frame. They had, a, they eventually adopted kind of some of the stuff from the TV show and put it into D&D. But it, it, it is not really a good representation of D- Dungeons & Dragons. So that's sort of weird because it's like, oh, yeah, you you know, some people that are purists out there, like they did that Dungeons & Dragons uh, movie right, way back about 20 years ago in the year, I think, 2000 or so it came out. And there were some fun things in that movie, but it was not great and and the d and the real hardcore d and d people said this isn't d and d but there was kind of some fun things they actually used some actual spells from the game in that movie but the d and d cartoon dungeons and dragons cartoon doesn't really have any anything much to do with the game so but it is still very very cool very fun to watch there was almost nothing cooler than the 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 bow that Hank the ranger uses with with his just all like he has infinite arrows he pulls back kind of in the air and it creates this sort of energy um string for the bow and and, a, and an arrow each time he, he uses it it's just so cool the uh especially one of the best episodes of this series i feel is is near the end of the run um there's a there's a show called uh episode called the dragon's graveyard Watch that one. If you, you might even be able to find it online, like YouTube or something, but that's a great episode. Anyway, here is the opening uh, theme to uh, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, animated show that aired um, back in uh, around eighty. What did I say? Eighty three. Yeah. Hey, look! A Dungeons and Dragons ride. Wow! Neat. Give me a break. Ranger? Barbarian? Magician? Thief? Cavalier? And acrobat? Who was that? That was Venger, the force of evil. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so there you go with uh, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. That's I know that's out on DVD. I th- don't think it's on Blu-ray. Uh, and you can find episodes online. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. A lot of these I don't think are really... St- these live-action ones... Um, well, live-action, the other ones that I mentioned, Shazam, Secrets of Isis, the... The I'm gonna. There's one more live action one I'm gonna mention here in a minute. Those are not really as much available as some of the old animated stuff, like the Spider-Man show and Superman and 
in that, uh, all those things. So I wanted to say, as I always say, I'm not covering everything. These are things that I've enjoyed. These are things that pop into my head. There's a ton of other stuff out there. There's a ton of shows that were done in the Saturday. You know, everybody, if you're of a certain age, at least, you know that there was, you know, those, that time of, of, uh, the world or, <laughs> and I don't know if this is really true in other countries. You know, of course, I, I'm in the United States. This is where I've lived and I've visited other countries. But I wonder if under other countries have done or used to do Saturday morning stuff like that. I, I don't know. Anyone write me at treksf at gmail.com. I, I'd be curious about that. All right. A um, couple last things to wrap up with. One more show that I want to mention just because of my fondness for uh, an older show from the 60s uh, called The Monkees. There was a show on Saturday morning, super short-lived, only lasted for a season, 13 episodes, a live-action thing on Saturday mornings. This one was from 76 to 77. It is called the, uh, here. here's one that maybe a lot of people won't recognize the name. It's called the Kids from Caper. Uh, Caper is actually uh, an acronym, C period, A period, you know, you get the idea. Um, it's basically sort of like like a kid's version of the man from uncle um they they kind of parodied other pop culture shows like the monkey six million dollar man shazam scooby-doo um the idea was the they were these the they had a uh, <clears throat> they had uh kind of this little group the capers and they had these these special little walkie talkies the caper band they would talk on and uh, they were, believe it or not, those little walkie-talkies they used on this show were modified. Uh, Star Trek, uh, there was, the Mego Corporation put out these Star Trek communicators back in the 70s, really clunky, not not really much like the original car- uh, communicator looked like. But they used modified versions of those for the walkie-talkies for them to talk to each other on this show. Um, and each of these, the, the characters, they have... Uh, they have Doc, who's like this um, smart, older, serious guy. He he uh, he he kind of is the brains of the outfit a bit. They have somebody, Doomsday, um, kind of is this weird character. He's he he's kind of feels like he's bad luck to people. And there's Bugs, who has a sort of like superhero power, strength, and speed, and PT, uh, who's kind of the founder and leader of the team, and is the youngest. M- youngest character and he has a super a superhuman sense of smell but it was a goofy show but the but the thing about this show that i liked and i even have some of the music is is the music they, they would they would throw a song or two in each episode um along with whatever little problem caper they were trying to solve and i like the music i you know they have some good voices here again this this is very much like that they try to do with the monkeys. And I just read a retro or, or watched a retrospective that they had on television about the monkeys. You know, these, these actors, they get together and try to make, make them into sort of a little boy band, you know, and, and that, but the, again, I think some of the songs are pretty, pretty, pretty catchy, pretty good. Um, it hit me by a th- hurricane is one just search for caper kids from caper on YouTube. You'll see some of them. Um, and there is, again, a, a music, um, there's some albums that have been put out. But here is the opening credit theme song to the kids from Caper. And then I'll be back and kind of wrap things up. 
got a case that needs super detection. When you come to capers and we never lose. Atheist first, I'm cool and I'm clever. Just like a bloodhound, he'll sniff out the clues. Then there is fun, I'm tough and I'm feisty. He takes care of trouble cause he's super strong. And Tuesday's the one who's all full of sunshine. Me and the venom will sure get along. And Doggy's got the loose and the brains to catch the clues. Ah, come on. Where the kids, where the kids, where the kids from caper. We'll race to your place on your case every time. Where the kids, where the kids, where the kids from caper. For in a war and a war against crime. Okay, there you go. The kids from Caper. That's a real rarity that probably a lot of people listening have never heard of, maybe. Uh, again, it, it lasted a short time. There are no DVDs out there. There's some bits of episodes and some music around, uh, but it's uh, I, uh, I, I have a good fondness for that. I might even play one of the music bits, a bit of it, at the end of today's um, podcast. But I'm finishing up here. It's really pouring and kind of got a thunderstorm going on outside. So I'm going to wrap this up so I don't lose the file. Actually, I, I took a pause there for a second and saved most of it, at least to the hard drive. I have a backup power thing on my uh, computer. And that's pretty good if we get a power blip or something here, but you never know. So, all right, this has been sort of an oddball, sort of a weird show in a way, but kind of fun and, and I'm super nostalgic. I always find, um, and I, I make no apologies for this, but I, I always find that... Uh, when when you know the world has gone a little crazy you know over the last several months and especially to me over the last few weeks for the obvious things but i always find that i i you know it pulls me back to you know simpler times and these kinds of things that have good memories so uh, there's obviously a ton of other saturday morning cartoons i mean there's a classic bugs bunny stuff that's always you know was airing there's a lot of old animated things a lot of things i actually didn't watch a lot of um, I always focused a lot, on, obviously, on superheroes and, and sci-fi and, and fantasy type things. That's that's my thing. Um, a lot of kids things. There have been some of the Japanese shows that showed up, too. Another one that I can fondly remember that I think was showing sometimes on Saturdays, but I remember it more as an early morning syndicated show. Syndicated back then was more... Here's a, here's a good one. They would they would be on some of those weird UHF channels on your television. If you if you remember what UHF is, if anyone out there, you know, I, I'm sure people do. But uh, some of those channels would air shows like I was mentioning earlier on on weekdays in the morning. And the Thunderbirds, the classic um, Jerry Anderson Thunderbird show, is is one of those shows that I have a fond memory of growing up watching, eating cereal, and before I go to school and that kind of stuff. So. 
All right, everyone. Uh, I'm gonna. That's gonna do it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, like I said, I, I I wanted to go over the schedule really quick for the upcoming. So let me do that. Let me pull it up here. Do 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 do. All right. So next week, yeah, it looks like. Um, okay, next week looks like I was shooting to have a guest host. So maybe I'll reach out to Mark and, and do another top sci-fi movies. I think he's up to now the '80s. Is it? Um, but. Um, yeah, and then the 29th is going to be the Patreon chat, so then two weeks for that one. Uh, the 6th is either going to be a guest cast or maybe a repeat. Uh, the That's the 6th of December. The 13th of December will be, uh, basically, I'm going to do a, a Trek show update, I'm calling it. Um, maybe just call it a TV show update, but... Uh, and you're going to try to do a Skype chat, a regular general Skype chat, uh, right before Christmas around the 20th. And then on the 27th of December, last show of the year will be show, should be show 800. And that's going to be kind of a holiday special, uh, do a vidcast. And so that'll be between the holidays, you know, just a little after Christmas. And, uh, you know, everyone out there, please continue to be safe, um, this COVID thing is, is nasty. And, uh, while everyone might think, Oh, maybe I, you know, the chances of you getting it are not that great. Sure. Math wise, they're not, but, but then again, you know, your chances of, of getting a lot of things are, are not that great, but it doesn't mean, you know, we should be letting our guard down or we should still be cautious, wear masks. They do work. I mean, you know, come on, watch any medical drama. They're wearing masks. That's to keep the germs from the patient you know, from their open wound sitting right there. Uh, but, um, and they do say these days, there are a lot of science studies out there that are saying that the mask not only prevent your germs from exhaling and, and getting, if even if you don't know if you're infected, uh, getting potential exposing to other people, they also say it will sort of protect you a little bit against germs coming into your, you know, mouth, nose, whatever. Uh, they're primarily made made to or meant to to prevent, you know, unwanted germs. Like if you, most people, you won't know when you have something, a cold, a flu, COVID. And, and here I'm, I'm giving you guys my my two cents on this as I as I have a few times. But you won't know when you have it, you know, even if you've gotten tested. I mean, that only works <laughs> that that test is only valid for right then. You know, you go a few days later and you could get exposed and then you have it and that test would still be negative. So, I mean, it's it's really not that hard. I don't know why so many people, it seems, have trouble figuring this out. So if you can stay home, do stay home, work at home if you can, do school at home. Most of the schools here in Michigan have, have completely closed in terms of in-person. They were offering, quite a few were offering some level of in-person, but most of that has gone away now. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully this vaccine they keep talking about is going to happen and relatively soon and actually will be effective. Um, seems like some reports these right now that are coming seem to make make it sound like that's a pretty good possibility. So hopefully we can all hang in there until then. So this is Rico signing off for this week, and I'll talk to you guys all again soon. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
This has been a Rico Dusty podcast production.